On this week's episode of Live with Jason John Evans, we're going to talk about how to beat writer's block, how you can create great quality recordings from home on a budget. You can set up a really cool home recording studio without it costing you too much money that'll drastically increase your music career. And thirdly, the big question is, how can music artists earn a full-time living from doing what they love? Three great questions. Hopefully, I'm here to give you great answers. Well, I mean, let's just uh, let's just stick around and we'll find out. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Live with Jason John Evans. As you can see, it's looking a little bit different, you know? We're just taking that extra step each episode, just trying to provide a better quality experience all around. I mean, I'm just plagued with technical difficulties all the time, so, I mean, you got to bear with me with that. And, of course, as soon as I start recording, my other computer starts making noises. That's just how it is. But, I mean, last episode, if you remember, my phone kept going off with Instagram notifications, so I've, I've, I've turned that on silent, but there's too much stuff to juggle. If I could show you the camera around, there's just so much stuff in here that I've got to make sure it's all fine. But how have you guys been? How have you been specifically? How's your week been? Has everything been good to you? I've, uh, I've been uh, getting back into the swing of things, that's for sure, especially with having this baby around um, and adjusting into dad life. Just, it's just strange. Like the days just blur together and I'm like, man, I forgot to take the bins out one night because I didn't know it was bin night all over the place. So I guess, uh, you know, it's just trying to, you got to bear with me while I get, uh, get back into the swing of things. But a good, the good news is I actually have gotten back into the swing of things when it comes to my book. I've actually been back into editing that. I've, I'm almost through the first draft, which means that it's heading toward, you know, the final stages. It's, it's pretty much written. So really cool stuff. I can't wait to get that out there. Um, cause I know it's going to change the way that you guys approach music. And uh, I know it's going to change the way you specifically approach selling your music and uh, making your music dreams happen. I'm so proud of it. Um, but then again, from I, I started writing it a few months ago. And since then, I've had so many more ideas. So uh, I just want to make sure that when I... Um, that when I finish this draft, you know, go through it again and make sure that it says absolutely everything that I wanted to say, uh, because I, you know, I'd rather put too much information into it than you know, you you get it and read it and say, you know, there wasn't enough in this or you know, it, it was too short. So trying to do the best I can with that, but I'm super proud of it so far, and I can almost um, almost guarantee that you're going to love it. That's for sure. But as I was saying, that information that's within that, like. Uh, you know, I don't want. I don't want to have to wait another. You know, it might be three months or so till the book comes out. Who knows? It might be sooner. It might be later. But I don't want to have to wait that long to be able to help you with your music goals, right? So a couple of weeks ago, I said I was giving away. Uh, I was going to start doing my branding calls, like with when I do um, the workshop that I usually do on a Skype call. Take it to like a uh, group-based situation and try to put more value in than I could provide on these branding calls. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't expect it to um, book out so quickly. I nearly said sell out, but it doesn't cost anything. Uh, it, 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 um, it booked out really, really quickly. And, um, so much so that I have a document on my computer of just filled with names that are on a waiting list for the next one. Everyone, um, everyone's really keen. And I mean, that's so motivating for me. And, uh, you know, that just, uh, I was only going to do a couple of them here and there, but I think I might start doing it more often. As long as you guys are keen for it, I'm going to start putting them on. Now I can't guarantee when they're going to be. I can't, I'm not going to say I'm doing them every week at whatever time. I'll do them whenever I have time to do them. Um, but if you want to be on the waiting list for that, there's a link inside my um, Instagram bio. You can click that and it will take you straight to where you can sign up and uh, secure, or be next um, on the waiting list to be able to be offered a seat when I do these presentations. As I said, I don't want to open them up to like a hundred people at once. I like to keep 
keeping them small at like 10. So, uh, I've got, I've got quite a few more to do to be able to catch up to the waiting list. And I'm sorry to the people that have been messaging me. Uh, I get a few messages each day saying I haven't received an email yet. And it's because, um, I book these in advance and when I, when I find time in my schedule or when I'm able to, I'll be like, you know what, I'm doing one of these uh, how to dominate the new music industry workshops. And uh, then I will let the, the, the next 10 people on the list know. And if, you know, if they can't make it, I invite more people and stuff. So I eventually just make sure 10 spots are filled. Uh, and then, you know, eventually I'll get around to inviting everyone around to it. But the first group presentation went so well, man, it was so fun. It was uh, three and a half hours. I thought it would go between two and a half and three, but I just made these slide, these uh, presentation slides. So cool. We talked about everything from like, you know, square one to, I don't know, where's, what's that? <laughs> I don't even know where that was going, but you know what I'm talking about? Where you start in the beginning to how to get to, um, to make your music dreams happen. We talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, everyone that was there seemed to love it too. So if you're watching this now and you join me for that, thank you so much. Or if you're listening now and you join me for that, thank you so much for joining me. I had so much fun. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, from what, from what I've spoken to you guys, everyone seemed to have gotten a lot out of it, which is super, super cool. And that means more to me than, you know, uh, as I said, so that's super motivating and it just makes me want to go and help more people with it. So I'm going to be doing them. So come join me, come put your name down and uh, you might be, I might be in touch with you very shortly um, to try to get these branding, these workshops happening more often because the more people I can help reach their music goals, the better. As I said, I don't want your money. This doesn't cost anything. I don't try to sell you anything. This isn't one of those fake training sales webinar things that you go on and it's just, you know, 90 minutes of a big sales pitch to buy a course. None of that. I don't sell you anything. There's not one point where I offer you any product to buy from me or anything like that. It's 100% to give you as much value as I can within three and a half hours and uh, really help you forward and give you that advantage that a lot of music art, a lot of, a lot of other music artists just don't have. So if you're interested in that, send me a message and we'll make it happen. So the first question we have here today on Live with Jason John Evans, episode 14, I do believe, is how do I break writer's block? Now, this is a really, really cool question. I like this one. The reason I like it is because writer's block seemed to be something that not only myself, but every music artist I ever had anything to do with ever has struggled with. Writer's block is just, some people call it the stream of creativity. And sometimes it's there and you've got to make use of it while it's there and other times it's not there. Um, I don't think it is as out of our control as I initially once did think it was, if that makes sense. Um, I 100% when I was younger used to think that um, you're either creative, you're either feeling creative or you're not. And it's like, it's either there or it's not and you have no control over it. So make use of it while it's there, you know, but I, I really do think we have more control over it than we may think. Um, and I've spoken to my wife about this quite a bit too, because, you know, she's a songwriter as well. She's a ghostwriter for a few um, different places and stuff. She writes for a studio over in New York and stuff. So being on call to write songs like that is, you kind of have to know how to manage writer's block, right? Because if you get, uh, you know, a new job in that says you've got to write a song for this artist and you're not feeling creative, how can you really, um, how can you exist or function in a job like that, right? Because you need to be able to turn it on when it's there. So she's quite good at managing writer's block as well. And she's got some cool exercises for that too. Um, hers are more aimed specifically at lyrics and, um, 
and melodies and stuff. So like for a singer, for example, uh, her example, her, she's got a really cool exercise that, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't mind me telling you, but uh, is to sit down with a piece of paper and listen to the music that you're trying to write for and then just put pen to paper and just start writing. So don't take your pen off the paper for five minutes. Set a timer for, for a full five minutes. Just keep writing on the piece of paper. Just listen to the song and just write stuff. Don't ever stop to read over your notes. Don't ever stop to... Uh, make sense of what you've written down just keep going if it's a picture draw if you feel like drawing a picture draw a picture if you feel like writing words that's even better but uh it'll it'll allow you to at least get out something okay so if you're feeling like writer's block a lot of the times we choke that and just say you know what i'm not in the mood for writing i'll do it later and procrastinate okay but if you can sit down and start writing once that five minutes is up once those five minutes are up are up i should say uh, you look at the piece of paper and you'll see in front of you at least a starting point hopefully you might read through you might have written two or three pages full of notes and you might find just one little line that could be your spark of inspiration to help you go on to write lyrics for a full song if you can't find it start the five minutes over and go again but you'll find that next time you're even more refined in what you're writing down uh, you'll be somehow trying to communicate how that song makes you feel and that'll be the start of um breaking through that writer's block for you now, my example for writer's block, uh, this is, uh, I don't write too much, you know, these days anymore. I'm not really uh, writing for being in a band anymore or anything like that. Those days are kind of, you know, few and far between. I don't really do that much. But I do know from dealing with writer's block in the past that um, the trick is to not consider it like it's a stream of creativity, That assuming that if it's not there, that you can't make it be there, if that makes sense. Because if you're telling yourself all the time, like, oh, I'm just not creative at the moment, I just have to wait for that inspiration, you'll sit around waiting for way too long and you'll just waste time, right? So the whole idea that I find the, the best way to beat writer's block, in my opinion, that has worked for me countless times, and um, I highly recommend it, if you find yourself stuck in a certain way, and uh, you can't seem to write any, you know, it doesn't matter if you can't seem to write music or if the music you're writing is starting to become too similar. It's because you need to shake things up, not just with your music writing. I'm talking more so outside of the box. So your, um, your external factors that you may not think contribute they do okay so what i do normally is uh, if i'm finding if i'm finding that i'm repeating myself too often in my music or i'm not writing anything fresh i start to change what i engage myself in if that makes sense and being a musician is about that this is why you have famous actors that go on to method act right they go on to um live as a character to get that inspiration now i'm not saying you need to pack your bags and move to a foreign country but i guarantee you pretty much if you do that you'll start writing good music because it'll inspire you you can do that on a much smaller scale from home so instead of uh doing something that drastic you could just find yourself um Think about what you do in your daily life. Do you follow certain routines? Are you just doing the same thing over and over again? Because if you are, if you're watching the same TV shows, if you're reading the same books, if you're watching the same type of movies, if you're you know, doing the same exercise, whatever you're doing, right? Same foods or whatever, anything external, um, if they're all the same, I mean, even like if you're listening to the same music that you normally do, or even the same podcast, I could go on, like whatever you're engaging in as part of your daily life, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, chances are you're eventually going to end up with writer's block or writing the same type of music because you've only got the same sources of inspiration each time. So what you need to do is shake it up. It could start as something like as, as strange sounding as eating something different for breakfast or eating your lunch somewhere else or, you know, going for a walk or 
reading a different type of book or put on a movie that you have always wanted to watch, but you just have never gotten around to it because it's a little bit too different. Watch different TV shows. Just shake up your external life because those are all going to be the subconscious factors that I start that contribute to your inspiration. Now you'll find inspiration in the weirdest place. If you do that and you switch it up, it just changes everything, right? It changes your whole brain chemistry and you'll uh, you'll find that when you, inspiration will be at different uh, different turns that you just didn't expect because you're providing the opportunity for it to present itself. You are, think of it this way. If you don't change things up, if you keep things kind of standard, you're kind of uh, trying to, um, I don't say the word drain, but like um, mine, I guess. I was, it's funny because I was actually thinking of like an oil well, like it's like a stream of what I am getting distracted. But, uh, it, you know, say you're trying to mine creativity, uh, you've kind of dried up that... <laughs> Well, oh my goodness, I'm all over the place. You know what I'm trying to say. If you've listened to a show before, you know you, you know it's uh, difficult to keep up sometimes with my broken thoughts, but uh, not keep up with, but make sense of. See, I'm doing it even when I'm trying to explain itself. How meta is that? Uh, even if that is the correct word to use there. But anyway, as you understand, if you if you're looking in the same places for creativity and for inspiration each time, sometimes it won't be there because you've used it all. So go somewhere else, change your inspiration, look elsewhere and make bigger things happen somewhere else. Because if you can, that is when you're going to start seeing big results uh, and the most uh, inspiring things will come out of nowhere. I mean, when I've changed things up and done things differently and just done things that just kind of make my brain not just get comfy and just be like, well, this is just monotonous routine each day. uh, You'll find that, you'll be like just going for a walk or you'll randomly, I don't know, like one of the times I found that, um, cause I've read somewhere one time, this is where I got it from that, uh, I heard, I read somewhere that, um, I don't know if this is true or not. I, th- if it is, I mean, it doesn't matter if it is or not, cause it helped me. <laughs> if it helped me, then it doesn't matter. Right. But I'm, I'm pretty sure that Albert Einstein worked in a postal office to try to, um, when he had trouble solving equations as part of, um, his, uh, you know, general mathematics and, uh, you know, that type of, uh, side of things, right? If he, if he couldn't solve an equation, he would go and work at another job that allowed his mind to be taken off that so that he could, um, approach it from a different angle. And if you, it's the same thing with your brain, right? Like, you know, if that's your brain and you're using this part of it all the time, if you start using this part, it allows this part time to breathe and to try to think it out and you know eventually just you know provide you with that uh you know what you're looking for out of it again that type of performance right so albert einstein moved to a post office and started working in there and he solved i mean i think that was the reason he solved a few of the equations he was looking at was because he was able to put his brain at a different to operate on a different channel, so to speak. Um, so, so, so that's what I did, right? I changed up how I was going about writing music. Um, I would, you know, if, I, w- I would just do things differently. I used to, uh, I found an app on my phone for like um, Sudoku and I'd never really learned how to do Sudoku. And even after doing a hundred of them, I'm still no good at it, but it allowed my mind to be taken off the normal creative side and be put more on the rational side uh, and start, you know, trying to work out these puzzles because if, if you, it's like any muscle, I guess, like if you lift things all day, your arms are going to get tired. So you can't expect your arms to keep lifting things later in the night. Uh, the same thing goes with your legs. If you walk too much, you're never going to, you're not going to be able to walk for a while till you rest them. So if you're trying too hard to write music, switch it to something rational, go to something creative, change your points of uh, what you're indulging in and what you're engaging in, switch it all up. So you're using different parts of your brain, let that other side take a rest. And by the time, I mean, sometimes you'll sit, uh, sometimes 
sometimes you'll just be out doing your other, you know, other activity and bam, there's the inspiration for you right away. And you'll just, I had like riffs come into my head when I was like doing a completely weird thing that, you know, I might just be walking down the street and all of a sudden there it is. There's the idea for the riff I've been thinking of, or I could have been doing a Sudoku puzzle and there it is. Um, that's the lyric or the, the melody I've been looking for this whole time. Uh, but other times, if you just let it, if you take that break, um, if you take that break, when you find yourself revisiting it, that'll be when you'll be able to find that inspiration. Cause as soon as you'll sit down, you'll just be able to play if you're playing an instrument or you'll just be able to start writing lyrics because you've, you've given yourself that break. Now, a lot of the times people do say with writer's block to just take a break from music for a while and come back to it. But the issue is, a lot of the times music artists will take a break by moving from, you know, where you ever you record at your little demo station at home or wherever you write music in your little studio. And you might move to another area of the house and watch TV. I mean, you're definitely watching TV. That shouldn't be in quotations, but you're not focused on it, right? You're thinking too much about your song still, or you might just be, or you might be like, I'm taking a break from writing music. I'm going to go listen to music. Like, I'm saying take take a break into another area altogether and start uh, using different parts of your, your brain because if you can do that, the other side recovers and it'll be fresher than ever when you return to it. And that's how you make sure that the, the stream of creativity is available to you. Um, I won't say on demand because it's not like, you know, you sit down straight away, do a Sudoku puzzle and you've got your answer, but it'll allow you to uh, give yourself that little bit of space you need and your creativity will be around much quicker than it would have been if you just told yourself, hey, I'm just, I've got writers block and you put that label in yourself and then you can't move forward so hopefully that's helped you but definitely that that's that's the trick to it that's that's the way i've always managed to beat it and uh series exercise my wife's one is really cool too uh, i didn't know about that one until she told me and i i love recommending it to people because it worked for me as well so the second question today is do i need to put money into a home recording studio um this is a, this is a really good one too uh, i just i don't think I don't know. I'm, I think I sit at a weird age because I'm 30. So it means I grew up. Um, I mean, when I was like 18, you needed to, if you wanted good quality recordings at, even when I was 18, you needed to go and pay to be at a really good recording studio. Okay. And these recording studios cost an absolute fortune. And before I was 18, that's not like it was just around that time when I was younger too, it was, it cost even more to record and there was less that you could do at home. Um, but I mean, so I've seen it all change. It's like the internet. Like, I mean, I could be, if, if you're listening or watching right now and you're 18, you've never really grown up with the internet being like terrible. Like it used to be like with dial up and how like, oh man, it's crazy how quick the world has changed. And I, I know I'm sounding like an old man by saying this, but I remember like, it wasn't that long ago that if you, I mean, if you wanted to use the internet, you needed to physically be at a desktop PC. You, you couldn't, like a laptop like this needed to be plugged into Ethernet and to be plugged into the wall because there was no Wi-Fi. Like that was kind of recent when that all came out, but now people just take it for granted. I mean, we all walk around with phones on us that can, smartphones and stuff. I remember when I was, you know, I, when I was 18, I got a phone, uh, which was, uh, you know, in America, you, you guys call them, um, sidekicks but in australia they're called hip tops for some reason but i had a sidekick 2 or a hip top 2 and it had msn messenger on the phone and my friends thought it was fake they didn't believe me when i told them it did they're like there's no way that you could be on msn like at school um which is crazy to think about because i mean yeah sure that was like 12 years ago so it was a while ago but that's not that long in like the history of time okay so things have changed so quickly that i don't think music artists uh really understand 
um, especially you younger guys. So you have your whole lives in front of you, but um, just understanding how great the age is now that we live in to record high quality recordings from home. This is just one of those things. So I started recording just as a bit of a backstory to my, um, to what I've been through. Cause I think maybe it might help you um, along the way, along your way, I guess. But when I was 14 years old, I, got a Behringer microphone, which is worth nothing. And it was pretty rubbish. It was just a dynamic vocal microphone and I, a PA head unit. And I found out one day when I had just some um, adapters laying around for audio, uh, audio adapters, I should have just said, um, I, I could plug it out of the, the PA head unit that I had of this microphone and plug it straight into the soundboard of my computer. And I could record really bad line in, um, you know, mic'd up guitar amps. And I thought that was pretty cool because I was like, wow, I can actually, you know, I mean, it's something that'll sound so silly now. I'm going to sound like I, I grew up in the stone ages, but I really didn't. It was just one of those things like, man, I can play guitar and look, I've got a good recording of it on my computer and I can mic it up and it felt like I was being a sound man, you know, so it was pretty cool. Then uh, I realized one day that I need a drum. So I downloaded a, um, excuse me, pirated, excuse me, cracked version, FBI, if you're listening, I didn't say what you thought I said, version of uh, Fruity Loops. And I used these one-shot drum samples on my laptop that were like absolutely rubbish. I had no idea what I was doing, but I realized that I could use it like a drum sequencer and write in a beat. So, I mean, I write pop punk, so everything was like the same beat on repeat a million times. It never changed. I Sorry, I should say the choruses went to a halftime beat, but anyway. So then I would you know, bounce these drums out and then record guitar to them in Cool Edit Pro. And it would sound like you put bees in a tin can and shook them up with like a few like nuts and bolts in the tin can as well. Cause that's what the drums sound like. So it didn't sound fantastic at all, but it was cool. Cause I, you know, I, I could actually record. So that's what it used to be not that long ago. Now, as time went on, I, you know, I bought a better mic and I, you know, I, I realized how to record a bit better and that kind of thing. And I got better guitar amps. And so I, you know, my guitar sounds got better and I, I learned how to mix slightly better, got a better computer. Like as I got older, and then one day we had, uh, so at my house, my mum bought my brother and I an electronic drum kit, like uh, a Yamaha one. So my brother could learn how to play drums and uh, without needing a full acoustic kit in the house, cause you know, it's too loud and stuff. So, and then I realized that that headphone out of that uh, Yamaha kit could actually be plugged into my computer as well. And you know, I could record drums now. So from that, I started telling my friends that were in bands, like, Hey, if you want me to record your demos, I will just come over. So come over and um, record and I'll record them for you. So I did that. You know, as I said, they, they, they would pop around and it would be, it would be fun. I recorded, uh, I had like, uh, four of my closest friends in high school. They went in a band together and I actually recorded their first demo ever in my house off the electronic drum kit. And we just experimented with sounds. Like I remember it was really fun. Cause I, um, I was like, you know, what would, what would the guitar amp sound like if it was at the back of the room? I mean, sound and the mic was at the other end of the room. It didn't sound that good, but it was, it was fun to muck around with stuff. We mucked around with pedals and we did all these really cool things. And just thinking like, Oh, that, I mean, how good do uh, you sound when you sing in the shower? And because it was my house, there's a little shower there. I was like, take the mic in there. Um, obviously not having a shower at the time, but uh, you know, just, just standing in the shower, fully clothed, of course, unless, you know, that was optional, but whatever, um, they, you know, they could, uh, 
sing in the shower and use the mic in there. And I mean, we use that effect for, for a couple of songs too. So it was really fun to get really kind of experimenting with it, but that kind of just opened my um, perspective as to how to get better sounding recording. So I realized that mic doesn't sound good there and I needed another mic. You know, if I had the guitar amp up one end of the room, I needed other mics in the room too. And in, in order to do that, I needed a better interface, blah, blah, blah. So from the money I got um, from recording a few local bands, I just put it all back into recording gear and I ended up um, uh, saving up enough to open a home recording studio at about 19. So from that and then just business picked up from there and I started recording. That's the, the birth of my recording studio. But it all came from doing a couple of rough demos. So my whole point with that little uh, anecdote there was to show you that like we had nothing and we still made it work. Um, these guys released that demo and it was completely fine. Now, if you brought that out nowadays, it, it wouldn't sound up to scratch with everything that's available because everything is so available these days and you can get such great sounds out of nothing. You don't need much money or much uh, effort or even much gear now. Like I remember when I first started, I had to buy like a 16 channel desk with all these like inverters and all this kind of stuff. And uh, you know, then you needed another thing to be able to make it convert to a computer. And nowadays you just get really high quality preamps in like a really small box and that's good enough for anything you need. Um, so you don't need much money. So don't take that for granted. I was a very long-winded explanation there, but really don't take it for granted how the age we live in for um, for creating music. Uh, the reason that's so cool is because of the fact that so, okay. So back to when I was younger and I was recording bands, I had to buy a 16 channel desk because I needed a way to record. So my first desk was an eight, an eight channel desk. So I was able to record uh, different microphones on a drum kit. So kick, snare, uh, three toms, and then, you know, a couple overheads, a hi-hat mic, and maybe, um, oh, that's it. That's eight. So I think so, whatever, I didn't count. But that was all I could really do was just a, a, a most of a drum kit of, of a standard size drum kit. Uh, nowadays, it's not like you still need to buy, you know, an interface to record a full drum kit. And I mean, you should be so thankful for that because even though I had that desk and it cost me thousands of dollars to buy this desk to be able to record a drum kit. And then for, on top of that, the microphones, and then on top of that, like, you know, the, you know, cabling stands, acoustic treatment for the room. Like you don't think about that, but no drum kit is going to sound that great like in a house unless you acoustically treat it properly. And I didn't have the money to acoustically treat my room properly. So I had to just make do with what I had. So, and I guess, I mean, that of thinking about that, that was kind of like necessary only because I was recording other people's, um, I was recording other people's uh, bands, you know, their, their music, right. But for me, just recording my own demos, I actually never used live drum kits. And that's what I don't think you need to do nowadays either, because you can, we've got like producers nowadays recording absolute chart topping hits that are like taking over the world and they're just doing it from their laptop in their bedroom. They don't even record anything like, you know, electronic producers and that kind of stuff. Like even when, um, a few years ago now, like it was like five, what no, it was like seven years ago now, but when Skrillex was huge, he did all his stuff from a laptop. He didn't need to buy an absolute you know, ton of gear to make it work for him. But then you have someone like Deadmau5. If you have seen Deadmau5's studio, he's just got walls and walls of like vintage and like new age as well, analog um, synthesizer gear and all this crazy stuff. But that's not necessary. He's just got that because he has the money to do that. Um, but you don't need that. So it depends. If you're an electronics producer, you could just get away with a laptop. You just got to learn how to mix better. And uh, that's that's the world we live in. But even if you live in like the other end of the scale, like 
a symphony metal band, okay? So you've got all these instruments you want to put in. Um, you know, if it was back in the day, you'd have to find a symphony orchestra to record that in a big recording show with all the preamps and the gear and all this kind of stuff. And it costs you an absolute fortune, uh, as well as drums, guitars. How do you make everything sound good? But nowadays, you can make ridiculously good quality recordings with one interface straight into your laptop. I say this all the time, but my favorite interface to recommend to people getting started in home recording, which I should say anyone can do. We live in the age of information. Everything is on YouTube, all the tutorials to be able to find all this stuff out. So go and do it. Uh, don't think, oh, it looks too complicated. Like when you see a mixing desk and people are like, do you know what all the knobs do? Yeah, of course you do. Cause it's not hard to figure out. Okay. It's not like, it's not rocket science. It's really quite simple to figure out what they do. So same thing goes with mixing. It doesn't take long and it will become an invaluable skill. Now I don't mean to tangent a little bit here but the reason you should pick it up is because of the fact that if you go to another producer which you probably will end up having to do because other producers who do it full-time are going to give you the best quality of products but especially for demos in when you're just trying to get an idea out there if you have to go to a producer for a demo you're trying to explain to them a way to interpret what your inner vision is for the song but if you learn how to mix yourself you can immediately translate that to life you can look at them and say, so you can look at the song and say, and listen to it and go, that's not it yet. I've got to add this, got to change that or whatever. Okay. So if you're in control of your artistic vision, that's when big things happen because you can actually release a song exactly how you want it to sound and how it should sound to communicate your artistic vision. Excuse me. So that's why you should learn how to do it. And you can with YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But I always recommend uh, anyone getting started in home recording to use a Scarlett Focusrite 2i2. They're inexpensive. They've got great quality preamps in them. They work fantastically for what you need them to do. And they're just amazing. So, and they used like even people in really big bands in their little home studio setups, they use 2i2s. I've seen them you've seen them uh, use them quite often in like behind the scenes footage and uh you know that type of thing to or vlogs or whatever so go get a scarlet focus right 2i2 they're only like just a bit over 100 bucks i think now i don't know what the conversion rate is but you know they're not that expensive okay for what they do considering the fact that it used to cost thousands to get started in recording absolutely crazy so if you get a 2i2 plug it into your computer and you uh play guitar or whatever you can plug straight in through uh you know i could go on about this forever but i'll give you a quick overview if you plug your guitar straight into it like a di so you don't even run it through an amp run it straight into your computer and use digital amps there are a million digital amp software out there that are going to sound better and give you more versatility than you would have if you recorded a real amp in your house now i know that makes some people mad when i say that because there are a lot of gear purists that say no i've got to use my ten thousand dollar guitar amp on a recording now if you want to Cool, do it. But you've got to ha you've got to understand that once you lock down to that guitar tone, it's permanent. With digital amps, you can change things later. Okay, um, and that's the truth of it. At least you can be more versatile inside your recording software later. Um, and you're also got to make sure that your like your room sound sounds great, which is hard to do in like an apartment or a house. Like that's why when you record guitar amps, they in recording studios, they're in ridiculously well treated, you know, soundproof booths that are just amazing, right? Like with different reflection textures on the walls and like, you know, certain hard, certain type of hardwood floor and crazy stuff. Right. But if you use these digital amps, they're so much better than they used to be. Again, if we go back to when I was 18, digital amps did not sound good. They sounded like you just plugged the output of your distortion pedal into your computer. It sounded like, as I said, bees in a tin can. But nowadays they sound so believable that I'm sure most of the albums that you listen to use digital amps because of how versatile they really are. Um, 
and you wouldn't even know it. They just sound that good. So what I recommend you do is whatever genre you're in. Now this question, do I need to put money into a home recording studio? Uh, like, do I need to put money into a home recording studio? Depends. Then again, I'm thinking you could answer that from two ways. Firstly, do you need to? I would say, yeah, you need to, because you need to be in control of your own uh, music uh, vision, right? You need um, you need to be in control of your own artistic vision. So yeah, I would say that you need to do that because it's going to give you uh, crazy steps forward to be able to churn music out like nothing else. But do you need to put a lot of money into setting it up? Absolutely not. Like if you can save up and just buy a decent microphone and a decent preamp. Now this is going to change depending on your genre, but uh, you know maybe a decent condenser a mic and then you can record acoustic guitar or vocal or whatever as well even this one here that i'm using for this is a usb mic so you don't even need an interface and i've used it to record when i've had to do something quick um you know if i had to track uh, some vocals quickly or something like that i've used this mic and no one has ever on the recordings gone oh man you know why didn't you use a, a, a an akg on that you know like why didn't you use a neumann like no, no one knows because it's like, it's, I think people make too much of a fuss about gear and that's come from someone who ran a recording studio for 10 years. Okay. So like, trust me, you don't have to get that involved with it. Use digital amps. Also use virtual drum kits. Uh, you can get amazing sounding drum kits as well. Uh, like I love for heavier music, GGD, which is by, um, uh, Nolly from Periphery. I was trying to think of his last name. Why, why can't I remember it? Well, obviously it's get good. If it's a holiday, GG, GGT. So his name's Adam, uh, Adam get good. Right. But anyway, Nolly from, um, periphery. So he, he's come up with these, uh, drum sounds and he's like a tone purist and he's so good at what he does. And I'm a huge fan of his mixes and he's just so good at the craft. He's made these drum kits that sound absolutely unbelievable. And I use them all the time and they sound fantastic. But even if you get like logic pro or whatever, that comes with some pretty decent sounding drums in it already, but you can also get superior drummer or Steven slate drums or whatever. Um, there are a million options out there, but the drums that you like using digital drums gives you again, so much versatility and they're recorded in million dollar studios and million dollar rooms on millions of dollars worth of gear, stuff that we just don't have access to. So use that to your advantage and record your best stuff through that. Uh, I'm talking to pe I'm talking to you if you're in a band at the moment. Okay. If you're a hip hop guy, just buy a good vocal mic, maybe buy a two I two. If you want a good interface as well, uh, that's a good idea and, uh, you get good samples. Okay. And then you can get better that way and then just learn how to mix okay that's the biggest one for both people too bands hip-hop electronic whatever you're doing uh, acoustic music just learn how to mix all of this stuff is gonna like all of the uh virtual drums virtual guitar amps they're designed to sound pretty good out of the box but you can make them sound unbelievable if you put in a little bit of time to learn how to mix and it's not hard to do with youtube Again, I'm sorry, that question has so many different tangents and I just kind of went out on all of them at once without kind of just sticking to one path. But don't need to spend much money at all. Get uh, get uh, the best quality uh, software instruments that you can afford. Uh, they're not too expensive either. I think Get Good Drums is like a hundred bucks again and then you've got access to it for the rest of your life. And that's way cheaper than buying even a single microphone to record drums, let alone the interface, let alone an acoustic. You know what? The price of Get Good Drums is like the price of one acoustic trap to put on a wall before you even think about buying the gear to record drums. So definitely worth the money. And the quality of your recording is going to you know, skyrocket because of that. But 
my best advice for this, because I can't specifically know what genre you're recording for, is to go on YouTube and look up other artists that are writing similar things to you. So whatever your genre is, look up their recording processes and because there are a lot of people showing you how they record their music. So look up what they're using, look up the gear they're using and find out what is uh, the norm. Okay, because if you can find that out, that's how you're going to know what you should be using to get a similar sound and you'll be able to find those products. So if you're in a metal band, for example, you might find out that, you know what, a lot of the times that that guitar tone you hear is the 5150 sample on Amplitude 4 or whatever, or it might be a Kemper or it could be an Axe FX. Now they're getting expensive because they're like hardware gear, but you know, it, it depends. Find what they're using, find where you like the tone of and uh, get that gear and make it work. You might find that the drums they use are Superior Drummer or you might find that they're using um, the Matt Halpin signature kit on good, Get Good Drums, which is the periphery sounding drums or the periphery three kit, the P3 kit they just brought out, not just, it was months ago, but whatever. Um, they brought out more recently than the Matt Halpin one, but that could be uh, what is the sound for your genre. Now, straight away, if you just implement that into your recordings, you're already going to be um, one-upping your quality, okay? Plus with, you know, those with... Um, sample drums, you type them in through MIDI so you can change them later. You could send the project file to your drummer and they write out their drum path that they want it to be. It's so versatile. We live in such an age for recording uh, that it's just it's easier than it has ever been before and it's cheaper than it ever has before. But if you aren't recording your own music from home and you aren't doing that, you're just leaving so much on the table and you're just um, really, really uh, missing out because I tell you, this it, it it teaches you so much more than you might think okay if you are if you if you record from home it's not just about trying to uh, achieve the best quality of recording it's also teaching you uh how like it's giving you practice of being on a microphone singing for example so you'll become a better vocalist you'll develop better technique um also if you learn how to mix you're going to learn um production tricks and stuff like that that's going to help you even further so when you eventually work in a recording studio you might be able to be more hands-on with the producer and you know how to communicate to them exactly what you're after um because you've actually done it yourself also when it's your time to record you'll be better than you've ever been before and you'll because of the fact that you've practiced in your recordings um and you'll save so much money if you're paying by the hour you know so it's, it's totally worth doing it so definitely 100,000 percent set up a home recording studio you don't need much money get some really good sounding virtual instruments and look up youtube tutorials that's all it is scale it right to i2 that's what the interface is called save you having to rewind as well so that's it. Thank you so much for joining me today. As I said, if you're part of the I Am Northbound Inner Circle, we're going to be answering the question, how can I earn a living as a music artist just after I wrap up here? Um, but if you're watching this or listening to this elsewhere, come join it. Come join us. It's absolutely free. There's no catch whatsoever. I've just got all of our previous content in there and a ton more coming soon. So I want you inside the group so that uh, you can make sure that you don't miss a single uh, episode we bring out of all the different shows we're bringing out. You'll also get access to all 13 previous episodes of Live with Jason John Evans, as well as so much more stuff as well as our essential email generator tool which is going to give you email templates you just fill in a few questions about your music we don't store any of that information i should say it's not any data harvesting or anything like that it's completely free and um, you uh, choose who you want to send it to, like a record label or whatever, hit generate, it'll build you the perfect industry standard template, copy paste it, send it straight to the label and you're going to stand a much better chance of them replying uh, because you know a lot of the times people do try to contact labels but they don't know how to go about actually uh, 
emailing them in the correct way. No record label executive wants to open up an email that is one sentence long and no record label executive wants to open up an email that is, you know, 15 paragraphs long that goes into too much detail. So I know these templates, I've used them before. This is how we got signed. Uh, this is how I liked being contacted when I ran my record label. So, I mean, this is exactly how to do it. Um, so go and use it. Part of the I'm Northbound Inner Circle, go to IamNorthbound.com. I'm sure you'll see a link for it somewhere, but you can just go find it at IamNorthbound.com. Click the link in my bio of my Instagram account and uh, we can um, you can go and get access to all of that information. Now, hopefully I'm back next week doing these live. So hopefully I'm back on Instagram with you guys hanging out and having fun. Um, as I said, we've just been trying to get into the schedule of when the baby sleeps and when I can duck away to do these kind of things. So a bit, bit difficult for me to you know commit to a time ahead of schedule. I guess that's why with my uh, brand workshops uh, my how to dominate the music industry workshops how i can't commit to them ahead of time uh, with you know it's it's, it's I'm, in a minute, I'm in a tricky stage of life at the moment we're gonna work that out so thank you so much for joining me if you're a, if you're watching this inside the inner circle i'll be back with you in a minute and we're going to talk about how you can earn a full-time living as a music artist so have a great day afternoon night whatever it may be wherever you are in the world stay safe and i'll catch you guys on the next episode of live with jason Johnny.